You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight I'm joined by Chris and Jennifer. How are y'all doing? Hey. Lovely. Good. Um, you have no probably noticed from almost all of our feeds that uh we kind of unofficially took a month off um <laughs> so if you're listening to this don't worry the other shows are coming back we're not going anywhere we just it's been a month it's been a month and a half and and not even a month's time so uh but yeah uh we are still doing the shows we still are planning we're, we've got plans for the future nothing's happening like that we're not you know quietly going away or anything like that so uh maybe i should have put something out earlier saying hey we're not gonna be here for a little while but anyway <laughs> uh it is what it is uh that being said uh so tonight's episode we are talking about how to do nothing by jenny odell uh jen this was your pick um you want to tell us real quick why you picked the book and a brief synopsis of it well, I, like many of my age, including folks on this call, I think, <laughs> um, suffer from uh, like a, a feeling that I constantly need to be doing and producing and using my time the most efficiently. Um, as I get older, I find myself falling into that trap more and more where like, every minute that I don't have headphones in listening to something, learning something, listening to a book or just even, you know, walking around, like I have to constantly be double or multitasking. And um, this book came to my attention a a year or so ago when I was actually listening to another podcast um, and he interviewed the author and I thought, you know, that sounds interesting, but right now I don't have time to listen to it. So yeah, fast forward to, my book pick. And I thought, you know what, I think I would benefit from this and probably everybody else in the group. And um, yeah, that's how I I came to pick it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Do you, you want to elaborate with uh, uh, a brief synopsis of the book? Um, Yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of a critique of the attention economy and how, Social media, the internet, I guess more broadly, has really made people around the world, but specifically, you know, people probably in countries where the internet's the most prevalent, become more um, addicted to technology, addicted to their screens, and and kind of necessitated the need for, like I said, the this feeling of I constantly need to be on, I constantly need to be on my phone or listening to something or reading something or, you know, just like giving my attention to other things and not just being present and doing nothing and enjoying life. And um, I kind of went into it thinking it was going to be like her talking about how to disengage from the world and check out and whatever. And it was kind of refreshing that that actually wasn't the case. She, kind of gave more of a, you know, like it's important to disconnect sometimes, but you still need to participate in society. And we all need to continue um, being a part of the world, just doing it in a way that's not as destructive to ourselves, I guess. And for me, that resonated because I constantly struggle with the feeling that I'm not doing enough. And I'll vacillate between like, I want to withdraw completely from the world to I have to give myself over entirely like all of my attention and time and then i have no time for me so kind of hearing someone else say that you know they're, they're going through the same thing and they've struggled with that and then knowing that i can maybe find a balance in the middle if that makes sense um 
yeah, that was nice to hear. And and a lot of times you just hear people say when they're like frustrated with how things are going that they want to, yeah, pack it up, move, move to a farm and never, you know, like talk to anybody again. And I joke about that with my friends, but like, I don't think I could do that realistically because the guilt of like, yeah, the world's still on fire and I still need to be trying to make it better would be there. So anyways, uh, that was, that's a very broad, brief overview, but Anybody else want to jump in with their <laughs> takeaway? Uh, I was going to ask Chris if she wanted to share her thoughts real quick, but it looks like she's busy right no, now. No, my cat, one of my cats, that was Trelawney. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> she's our feral. We, we're pretty sure she's got some head damage. Um, she's she's not the quickest, <laughs> the quickest cat. She's kind of kind of stupid. Um, yeah, she just found me downstairs. So this is the first. Yeah, this is the first time, she's, huh? Yeah, well, no, she finds me downstairs, but she's, um, I don't know what she's doing. Anyway, uh, my thoughts. So, um, I was really frustrated with this book. <laughs> I didn't. I um, I really liked the title, so I was super encouraged because, again, you know, you know, we're, we're all millennials and Gen Xers, so we grew up, we only had a short amount of time without the internet, and then all of our adult life has been online and then subsequently our mine and UG's kids too um they don't know anything but the internet and so i wanted to hear i was looking forward to hearing how jenny would like her suggestions or her ideas for it and i just found myself really frustrated with the angle she went with it that's not what I was expecting. And the more I read, the more I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, this book, these, these types of books frustrate me because it's, it's ideas and thoughts and, you know, other people are thinking this way. There was a lot of name dropping in this book. And I knew three people <laughs> she was talking about. Um, and she's very, you know, in, into that art scene, which is really cool. Um, but it just felt for me like there was, it was all ideas and all talking, but, there was there was no solutions and i think for me when i thought of that book i was like all right i'm looking for solutions i'm looking for ideas and that is not this book but if you just want sort of like a um just to start the thought process of it to make you think differently about um how your attention is you know a commodity to companies then yeah absolutely but for me i think i i kind of went in with it with the wrong wrong attitude (laughs) yeah i i agree to that point, Chris, and I, I forgot to mention, like, um, this book is very highly critical of the capitalist society, and mm-hmm. she brought in a lot more of that than I expected. Um, I mean, I agreed with most of what she said, and yeah. how, like, capitalism monetizes our time, and it's, like, destructive and all these things, but that wasn't what I expected going into it, and yeah, that was a little bit, like, kind of, like, high-level theory that if you're looking for solutions, you know, it's not, it's like, okay, you can mention it, but like, let's go on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking definitely for solutions in that book. (laughs) This book particularly doesn't offer any at like at all. So that's for me with, it it reminded me a lot of um, Sarah Wilson's book where Mm. I feel like I was the wrong, I'm not the right demographic. I'm not the target audience for something like this. doesn't mean that it wasn't a good book, but I was like, I kind of end up going to school where I went to school and spending three years in a natural resource college. I already knew kind of a lot of all of that. And yeah, so I was just like, 
feel like I'm in school and I'm reading a textbook that my teacher gave me and <laughs> I have to write an essay about it. So yeah, it was a little, wasn't for me. Uh, I'll jump in real quick. Um, yeah, I didn't like this book. I didn't like this book at all. Uh, and I even warned, I think part of the reason why Ray is not on is Chris kind of said, I don't think you're going to enjoy this. And I basically was like, dude, just no. Yeah, this um, is not a book for Ray. Yeah, no. Not no, a Ray this book. is not a book for Ray. Um, no. I figured that's why Sean didn't want to do it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I flat out told Sean yeah. I said you're not going no. to care for this one either. Um, no, Sean doesn't like these books. Here... So here's the thing. I think the biggest problem with this book is, uh, and Ray, uh, Ray, Chris kind of said it already. Uh, the biggest problem with this book was me. My mm-hmm. expectations were not met with this book. Um, reading the title and the synopsis, uh, I was like, no, this this sounds interesting. Uh, let, me, let me give you a little background uh, kind of where I'm coming from at this point. <clears throat> so um, there was a book that I, I read years and years and years ago. Uh, I almost recommended it for this show. Um, and I don't think I don't think we've ever read it. Um, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, Crush, uh, crushing it by Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, and it's it is about it's it's kind of like the Bible for the um, I don't even know what to really call it, but the uh, the um, um, boss bitch just uh, you know you can do anything as long as you're willing to put the time, effort, and energy that that. Uh, lifestyle that came into Hustle culture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That really Hustle, rose yeah. up years ago. And mm-hmm. I get it. Like, I, you know, that was the time when we were for kind of first starting the, the website and everything. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can, I can, you know, go to work and, and, you know, be with my family and then, you know, sacrifice the rest of the time and try to get things done, everything else. Um, And in recent years, I think COVID, one of the benefits, there's very few, but one of the benefits of COVID was it caused a lot of people to slow down and take credit for stuff. Um, I have definitely uh, reevaluated life since uh, losing my dad and like one of my grandmothers and my cat. Like these were all big, heavy things that hit me all within one year. Um, And so I am definitely on the other side of that where it's, um, you know, how am I spending my time? Is this, is this worthy of my time? Am I, am I doing what I should be doing? Is there other places I should be putting my energy and stuff? Um, so yeah, reading the title for this book, I was like, Oh, this sounds, this sounds great. I'm going to enjoy this book. Uh, and I did not. And, and, and it's funny because the author even says, so like in the first chapter, she even yeah. mentions that this was the title for it. And people were like, and I can't remember if it was her or someone else was just like, you know, this is not really a great title for it. And she's just like, meh, we're going to go with it. And I kind of should have known then. Um, it's funny because there are some things in the book that she covers that I'm like, okay, I, I get it why you're throwing it in there. Um, but there's also some very obvious stuff that I'm just like, and, and I blame you for this, uh, Jen, I blame you for this. Uh, you have exposed us to other stuff and other books. And I'm just like, well, why didn't you cover this? Like, why didn't you cover that? And it was not like I said, I was expect. So I guess my expectations were, um, basically slow down. That was the essential thing I was looking for. Slow down, not necessarily pull completely back, but, but, you know, find, find space for yourself. Smell the roses. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that's what I was expecting. And I was expecting it to cover, um, you know, I, I you know, I, business, of course, you know, businesses want to do, uh, nothing but monopolize your time. Um, and, and I love the fact that, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but, you know, my TikTok and Reels and stuff like that all, you know, have 
showing a lot of that stuff of, um, uh, you, you know, what your business, you know, what your job may expect from you. And sorry, that's not, sorry, that that's not, that's not your business. That's mine. Like you don't have any authority over what I do at home and how much time I'm putting in. And just because I'm not willing to break my back and put in, you know, 80 hours a week doesn't mean that I'm a good employee. You know, screw that. I no, I'm a, I'm a good employee, but I'm not going to give you all of my extra time as well. I was expecting that. But like, um, I thought she was like, even going to cut. I was like, okay, I'm sure, surely we're going to get something here about like fast fashion and how, you know, don't, don't listen to all the social media and stuff that you have to have the newest stuff. Like there's no reason to, to feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses and keep buying the newest clothing and stuff or the newest, whatever it might be. And like I said, there were things I was kind of expecting to be in there that weren't, there were things in there that, uh, you know, was expecting. There was some other stuff. And just overall, I, I, like I said, I think I, it, it's the problem was me. It was my mindset. What I was expecting is not what I got out of it. And I think you really kind of defined it for me, Chris, that it was more uh, more theory than actionable uh, uh, items in, listed in the book. So I, I don't want to knock the book too hard, uh, mainly because, like I said, it, it was a perspective slash what I was, you know, it was my expectations that were not met. And that's not fair to the author because, you know, hmm. We run into that constantly nowadays, no matter what it might be, pop culture, book, whatever. It's, you know, people give an idea in their head of what something's going to be. And if it doesn't meet it, uh, a lot of times, then, well, then it was horrible. No, it just maybe wasn't for you. So uh, I will say that, that I, I didn't enjoy the book. But I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put that onus on me that it was it was my fault because it's not what I was expecting. So it's you. Hi. You're the problem. Yeah, no, right? Um. <laughs> I, I think like, um, you know, those are fair arguments. Um, for me, the book really like, I guess is valuable because it starts the conversation for a lot of people that maybe aren't familiar with some of the the concepts you were talking about, about like, <clears throat> like a lot of people are still in that grind, grind, hustle, hustle mode, right? So I think anytime we can introduce the idea that like that's toxic, that's not actually work-life balance for you. And it's, I, I don't know, like I, I just reject the notion that we need to be working, like you said, 50, 60, 70 hours a week mm -hmm. and having families and participating in civic life and, 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 you know, like all of these things to be considered successful. And um, I think it's, it's good for some people to hear different, you know, ways of being presented that like, it's actually okay to, to not work that much and to not have a side hustle and do, you know, all these things and just kind of enjoy life, but still participate in ways that are meaningful. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. You, you, I, you, what you just said, listening to you just kind of, I think I have figured out who this book is for, and maybe this is more of a starter book. Um, this is because you have picked so many books that we've listened to read um, that go deeper into some of these subjects. This is more of a starter book. This is more of mm -hmm. here's the overall theory. And then from here yeah. you could go into some of those more specific things and get a little bit deeper. So maybe mm -hmm. that's the problem is we were reading a one Oh one book and we've already gotten up to three Oh three Oh six. You mean my indoctrination is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm deprogramming you all. Oh, it, it has not, it. <laughs> it has not taken a lot. Like I said, there be just because of life things that have come in. Like, for example, um, I never thought about it. It's one of those interesting things that when people pointed out, you go, 
You know, I never thought about that way, but damn, it makes a lot of sense. Like one of my big things, my boys started sixth grade this year and uh, I have twin boys. So there's two of them and they were in different math classes and the one had homework every single night. And I went into the, like, I, I won't go into all of it, but we ended up having his math teacher changed because she was firmly of the theory that, oh, well, it's math. They need to be working on math every night. And, you know, I picked up through social media, you know, there are some good things on social media still uh, that, yeah, homework is basically just training the kids to to work after hours at your normal at your job in the future and just to expect mm-hmm. this is the norm. And I'm just like, yeah, that's yeah, I like that theory. So <laughs> screw homework um, because I mean, like it was to the point that like now granted soccer was also eating up all of our time in the evenings as well, but it was there wasn't enough time to get the homework done and soccer. And then, you know, at sixth grade, so their, their previous couple of years have been okay. They've liked some of their teachers. They haven't liked so much, some of their classes. I think also the fact that being in fifth grade, you spend, you know, these two, three, four hour blocks of time with the same kids. If you get a couple knuckleheads in there, it gets really annoying. You move to sixth grade. Now you're moving six, seven different classes. If you're in there with someone you don't care for, you're only in there an hour. Like that's doable. So I think that's also helped. Um, But yeah, like that type of theory that, yeah, you should be working all the time. And Mm -hmm. I started doing this to myself all the way back in high school. Like I literally, now granted it was a little different story. I literally goofed off and basically did nothing all summer. And then school rolled back around. I was just like, I wasted the entire freaking summer. Like, and I kind of swore to myself, I'm not going to allow myself to be bored and not do anything anymore. And I've worked myself way past that part. And so I'm, I'm a recovering workaholic in that <laughs> aspect. Um, yeah, I, I, so I, you know, I, I, I get that. I, I understand that. And it, it, it does hit deep with me on pulling back and not doing anything. Cause like, I mean, there've been times that I've been, we've been doing this show and I'm in charge of the ghostbusters and I had an Etsy store and it's just like, I'm, I've got a big story coming up here in just a few minutes. I want, I want to tell, there was something that came out of this that was really good for me, kind of tangentially, but we'll talk about that. Um, what was your favorite part of the book, Jen? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know if I had like one specific thing, but I, I did like some of the stories she pulled in from other cultures mm-hmm. to kind of make the point, especially. Um, like, I, I guess I liked that she really went into some of the environmental aspects. I know you said she didn't go as far as she could have, but like that was kind of a surprise for me and a nice surprise that like, oh, she's talking about us, you know, like living it more in contact with the natural world and learning our local ecosystems and this and that. So I appreciated that because that's not a um, viewpoint that you hear a lot in, you know, books at all or books like this, I guess. So. Yeah. Chris, any particular favorite part? Yeah, um, I appreciated the part where she was talking about the hippie movement back in the 60s and 70s and how and why it didn't work, Um, how the intention was there. But because I've experienced something similar, um, the intention of kind of dropping out and starting over um, was there. And it was a noble intention. The hippies had the hippies had good ideas, but they you can't you can't drop out of society. You can't decide you're going to just opt out you can't do that because you live in the country and the country has an infrastructure and the country has stuff so you can't you you can't do that and she's like unless you go to space right so i appreciated her saying 
while it was a good idea, it was misguided in that you could you, thinking you could actually completely opt out from the systems that you are against. So when uh, Ray and I, well, the kids were really little, I think Quinn was like five, four or five, we decided to sell all our stuff. I'd been watching a lot of tiny house YouTube, like a lot. And the picture they had painted was, this is the answer. This is the answer to all your financial troubles. You will have more freedom, more time. It's the best thing ever. And we're like, fuck it, that sounds amazing. So what do we do? We sell all of our stuff, which was also very cathartic and things like that too. Um, and we lived in a trailer for three months with a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And it was the best summer of our lives. And it was great. Then we bought a tiny house and it was thumbing our nose at the building codes because the building codes in our county at that time was you couldn't build anything under 935 square feet. We're like, we don't want anything that big. We just spent three months in a 200 whatever square foot space. We're good. We don't need that big. And we bought a 620 square foot cottage, except it was the biggest money pit and we weren't happier and it wasn't financial freedom and it wasn't anything that they touted. And I was so livid. I'd been lied to. I felt duped and I felt stupid. And anytime I hear that, you know, it's freedom, opt out, free human. I hate that. I hate that. I'm like, no, you, the only time you're free is when you're fucking dead. That's it. You always are a part of the infrastructure of wherever you're living, whether you like it or not. So it's nice that you think, you know, you, you in our countries, we have a lot of we have a lot of uh, leeway with what we do. You know, we're allowed to, you know, say how much we hate the government. We we have, you know, we have a lot of infrastructure at our hands and that's great, but we're still a part of it. There's still rules. There's still protocols that we all have to follow. So again, unless you plan on living on the moon by yourself, governing yourself, you're part of the system. And I think the freedom in the, all of that comes from realizing you're part of the system. So just fucking make it work for you. Don't don't leave. Don't try to fight against it. And that comes with attention. Don't give it your attention. You have to give it some of your attention because, you know, you need food and a roof over your head and things like that. But you don't have to be a slave to the grind, to the hustle culture. And I also felt that this book was I could really tell this was written before COVID. I'm like, oh, this was very much before COVID because the I feel like the ideas of hustle culture have changed. Mm -hmm. since everybody was forced to slow the fuck down. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, I, I can't, unfortunately it's been a while since I've read this book because I read it, I read it the month before when we were, you know, originally going to do this last month or yeah. earlier this month. And uh, so some of it's kind of fallen away from me, but uh, there were, there were definitely some little, little tidbits here and there. Um, some of the specific stories. And I'm like you, I really thought, it was going to like go into the uh, like pulling back from stuff. Like, uh, like I said, the initial original idea, I did really like the fact of pulling back and, and, you know, not giving, you know, certain things, all of your attention. Cause the first thing that came to mind, like you said, was social media was, you know, uh, maybe don't check Facebook 15 times a day and, and, mm -hmm. and Instagram and whichever other ones you're using or whatever. So uh, I actually felt that it could have been more of that in the book. Um, and just talking about, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Facebook's not the best place to get news. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe you, maybe you unsubscribed all the news feeds uh, that you're using. And how uh, about you just go watch the news for 30 minutes in the evening and that'll be, you know your, what? that'll be your news. 
you know, it worked really well for me when I started feeling myself get sucked into social media was mm. just turning off notifications, push notifications on my phone. Oh yeah. And I don't, I don't get the notifications unless I, I go to the app, you know? So like every time someone comments on a Facebook post or likes an Instagram picture. Yeah. I mean, I've, that, I've got mine pretty much set is... so that if someone specifically like if they, if they comment fine, but if they specifically say, you know, Hey, Optimachine, Hey, Eugene, then mm-hmm. I have it said it so because it may be someone trying to get a hold of me because like I said, I, I am part of I'm kind of the team. I'm the team lead for the Austin Ghostbusters. So it is kind of important when someone reaches out, hey, we'd like mm-hmm. you to come to our event or something like that. I need to be notified of that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, totally. Like I don't need it constantly dinging every time something is liked mm-hmm. or shared or something like that. I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> I think so. like especially living in Europe. I've, it's really driven home for me how fucked our system in the U.S. is with regard to like glorifying the hustle culture because we get, uh, I think if you're lucky, you start with maybe a week or two of vacation, you know, Mm -hmm. at a a full-time job. And then even if you take it, you know, half the time people are still checking emails and calls and whatever. And like in Europe, I think they, they minimum get a month, four weeks and they're, they're not, they're checked out, you know, like they Mm -hmm. might take the whole month at once or if they're out, they're not checking emails or whatever. So like, it's, it's completely like, they look at us and they're like, you guys really only get two weeks. That's, that's cruel and unusual. And I don't know, that's just one example, but like just the mindset around work is a lot different in um, different ways. And yeah, like I've worked jobs where I gave them 70, 80 hours of my time a week and I was making decent money when you looked at the paycheck, but like when you broke it down by hour, it was probably minimum wage or less, you know, Yeah. like it's not that great. And I had no time for my family and my friends or myself. And I, I couldn't do anything. All I was doing was sleeping, eating, and working. Cause I was so tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've learned real quick. Like I, I was 1920 when that happened and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm not doing this ever again. Like I refuse to give myself, to a company, especially making fucking pizza, you know, like was what I was doing. Like I'm killing myself to make pizza and they don't care about you. Like they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do the same for you. So like, why are you, yeah. Yeah. Killing yourself for them. Well, and I think the younger generation, like I have two, well, I don't know if your kids are Gen Z. I might, they might be Gen Alpha, uh, Eugene. My kids are Gen Z. Logan's going to be 18 in January. She's in her last year of high school. So she's thinking about college and what she's going to be doing in her life. And Ray's really great at always setting the tone because, because of the nature of our relationship. He works outside the home and I'm at home. And he's, and it has set him back in his career by telling people who are in the hiring. I am not here for the company. I am a family man. I work for my time off. And because he's not willing to go above and beyond, it stunted his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but he knows it's because he's like, no, I'm not. I, I, this is a great paycheck that I want to take home and do shit with. I don't want to be at work. I like my, I like my wife. I like my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be at home. Um, so the kids have seen that. And we've had talks where it's, it's like, nine to five jobs, nothing wrong with that, but just know it's not everything. And it's a, it, it'll, 
get a job that affords the lifestyle that you want, that that's your goal. If you want to go on lots of trips and vacations and or have a particular type of house or whatever, go for a job that affords you the life that you want. Not don't don't work until, mm-hmm. you know, you can't because they've seen I think Gen Z has seen what bullshit that is for millennials. We got drilled into our heads. Go to college. You got to go to college. You have to go to university. That's the only way happened then you get hit with a massive recession so it means nothing and you know student loans that you're still paying off and all this so the hustle doesn't work it doesn't mm-hmm. work and but get a side job get, get a side gig get a side know? job well especially get me as a stay-at-home job. mom yeah like when are you going back to work when are you going back to work when are you going back to work i'm like not going back to work i do work just because i don't get paid that's the other thing too about being oh, a stay-at-home yeah, parent uh-huh. is that Fair economy <laughs> yeah if i don't produce the paycheck that gets taxed i'm not a contributing member of society even though i'm here doing all the things that need to be done anyway mm-hmm. um that's not i don't well, I, I don't do anything well see and i've come around to the theory that someone proposed the idea that yeah we need to go to uh, four-day work weeks here in the u.s mm-hmm. specifically because the 40-hour work week came around from the idea of the husband works outside of the home and is married and the wife takes care of all the stuff that's at home mm-hmm. and that's not my life i don't with the exception of you chris i maybe know one maybe two other people that are in that boat so the question is if Christy and i are both putting in 40 hours when does the home stuff get taken care of and mm-hmm. the question and the answer is the weekend your time off exactly and, and yeah. we have both we have both gotten into a place where we make a little bit more money. So like we, we pay a lady to come clean, do a really nice clean of the house every two weeks. And we do a little, you know, pick up, you know, whatever on the weekends. Uh, the boys also now have chores that has helped out with that. But yeah, like there was a long stretch of time. It was literally either Friday night or Saturday morning. It was like, all right, well, first thing I do is clean the house. Well, that's already, you know, three or four hours eaten up right there. This is before you could also do the either home delivery or have, you know, put in your groceries or whatever. Well, that was another two or three hours that I was spending shopping. And a lot of times it was like, well, do you want to shop or do you want to clean the house? And one of us would mm-hmm. do one and one of us would do the other. And still that's two, three hours immediately cut off from the rest of your weekend. And a lot of times yeah. it was work. It was actual mm-hmm. work. So it's not like you were just kind of half-assed doing stuff. Like you were tired afterwards. It was like, well, what do you want to do now? I don't know, lay on the couch and not really do anything. Like Mm -hmm. I I, kind of have the time off. I'd kind of like to go do something I want to do, but I'm tired. Screw this. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I do appreciate, I think she mentioned in the book, like the fact that we undervalue the care economy and unpaid workers and Mm -hmm. that, you know, there is a movement out there to, to pay people for doing this work in some way or universal basic income or something but like yeah the the economy as we know it now would not function without people doing this work for free Mm -hmm. and people take that for granted like somebody you know look at covid how many people mostly women quit their jobs because they couldn't get childcare, or Mm -hmm. because somebody got sick and they had to take care of them like it's an issue. It's something we need to like reassess in our society because you can't keep expecting people to just work, you know, and treat them like, oh, you don't like you said, Chris, like, oh, you're not working, but you are working. Yeah. yeah. 
like a lot, but I, that's the question that I get <laughs> from certain family members of certain ages. Um, of certain so what ages. are you up to? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm at home. Oh, but like, what are you, like, are you working? I'm like, at home. I've it's gotten to a point where I call myself the house manager now. I'm like, I'm the house manager. I'm the CEO of this dwelling. That's yeah, that's a perfectly, I think that's a fantastic, yeah. when you first start mentioned that a couple of months ago, I was like, no, that's a fantastic name <laughs> for what it is you do Family as house officer. manager. I am. I, but I am like, I'm the chief opera, you know, I'm, I'm the head. I, I run this joint, but, and raise the chief financial officer, right. Cause he goes, and yeah. but I, I do, I do everything else. And I, I think the other thing with the hustle culture is I, I have a tendency to like automatically rebel against the status quo. Like, I remember I was really like Ray and I were first starting dating. I'm like, I am not meant for a conventional life heads up. So like, <laughs> I'm weird. Do that with what you will. And, um, so the grind really pisses me off. The fact that because somebody has chosen rest, they're looked at as lazy. And then I'm loving the pushback from from Gen Zs and some, you know, younger millennials who are like, I, I don't want to be a girl boss. I want to be a moss girl. I want to lay down in a forest and be absorbed by <laughs> by the detritus of life. Like I don't want to. I have not heard that term. And yeah, I love the it. Girl yeah, absolutely. Or like yeah. I want to have I want to have a summer where I'm like like a 19, like a Victorian uh, person suffering from like malaise, and I have to go. Oh yeah, forget hot girl better. summer. Right? Yeah, forget hot girl yeah. summer. Right, like Victorian sick girl summer. And it was it, there is a it's nice to see that there is that pushback of like it doesn't sound great. That actually yeah. sounds pretty terrible to, yeah. to just go 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 and do what and then you die and in japan and, that's a thing that's like an honor to like when students fall asleep in school teachers like reward them because that's all they've been doing is school and studying and they've stayed up really late obviously doing the work so they've slept and then people also work themselves to death they literally drop dead from how much work they're doing and it's sort of like a badge of honor and it's sad it just really sucks yeah, I know several yeah. people that. Um, well, my dad, for example, he we finally convinced him to retire, and six months later, he yeah. had a heart attack and died. And I was like, you know, he 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 did get to enjoy time, but mm -hmm. um, not like you know, not like it, it wasn't the it wasn't the you know he got to retire and then spend several years and do whatever he wanted to do or whatever. It was. You know, and I, I have, I am steadfast, like Christy and I are building a house right now. And the, the final goal was, I'm like, I am retiring in 10 years, period. Mm -hmm. Now, if mm -hmm. I need to get something small, maybe to help supplement, as long as it's something that I'm somewhat enjoying, or if it is just flat out something I'm enjoying, I wouldn't mind. I don't mind putting in work, uh, if it's work that I enjoy, because for me, that's, that is different. So like, if I got up Monday through Friday and jumped out of bed and like got to work from eight till six or whatever every day. But if I was working in my shop and doing stuff that I want to do, that's different yeah. than uh, I got to 3d print these things so I can yeah. put them in my Etsy shop so I can sell them that, that got, that's what really burned me out really quick. Well, and that's something else. Like everybody, I think part of this grind culture is like everybody thinks if you have a hobby, You've, yes. You can monetize yes. it. You can freaking monetize it. Yeah. You can sell your crochet stuff. And I know you were doing it for fun, not like as your prime, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can sell, right. you can sell your 3D printing. Even me, I'm like, oh, I want to learn how to do this. And then maybe I can sell it. And I have to like stop myself and say, no, I can just like give it do a Do it gift, for me. Enjoy yeah. it. Keep it. Yeah. Like, look at it. I don't know. Yeah. But that also, like, the whole selling your stuff because you have a hobby as a stay at home parent, that's like, well, I have to. 
provide money. So I, I can do this thing and I like doing it. So I should sell it. So it's taken me so long to be like, just because it's a hobby, Chris, does not mean you have to sell it. It's yeah. just for you. Get over the guilt of not bringing in a paycheck. You do other work. So yeah, it takes a, but it's beaten into you. Well, you're at home. So clearly you have all of this free time. Uh, so clearly you want to do this. And it's like, well, I mean, if you're going to guilt me into it, I guess, but I don't yeah, want I've already to. been contacted. I've done nothing but make foam armor for the like, seems like the last two weeks or whatever. And I was already contacted. I did another update post and I was already contacted by someone going, Hey, uh, would, do you think you could make foam armor? For, and I was just like, no, nope. <laughs> no, it's nope. a full sentence. You, nope. My, my first sentence should have been, you can't afford me. Like the amount of time <laughs> and effort, yeah. like I'm going to charge you so much is going to be yeah. ridiculous. And then if you did say yes, I'd be like, maybe but even then i'd be like no i'm I'm good on this so yeah what you're saying eugene though about like people who work so late in life and then finally retire or never retire i see that and i'm just still sad because i'm like i do too it's yeah it's like they think the only way to get value out of life is by working Mm -hmm. or they they feel like and genuinely i do agree like if you stop working, you should continue doing other things because your mind and your body need to keep having interactions with people. Like don't stop working and then sit at home all day, obviously, but like you can volunteer, you can join clubs, you can travel, you can do so many things to still make your life worthwhile. And like, I'm not even, I'm not working right now because I'm transitioning between school and whatever, but like, I can't wait to retire. You know, like I'm already thinking like, When I retire, I can do all these things because I'll have money. And right now I'm not working, but I don't have the money. So it's like, you know, you just think about like, oh, man, that's such a great opportunity to explore other things in life and maybe pick up the hobbies you haven't been able to or whatever. But, yeah, I I hope that this generation and going forward kind of like honors or or, I don't know, values Mm -hmm. retirement and looks forward to time not working. So yeah. this is kind of tangential to the, the conversation of the book, but it did come around because of the book. I'm going to go ahead and jump in and throw it in there. Um, this book, semi, maybe a little bit, led to me having a slight existential crisis. So what's funny was, is I had been, I had just finished reading it and I had been thinking about it. And um, this was on a Friday night. And uh, my wife was feeding the turtle that's over here behind me. And she just kind of offhand makes the comment, um, what is your, she's looking at, what is your purpose? What is it you do? What do you, what, what, what is, what, 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 what why are you here? <laughs> and I just jokingly looked at her and said, well, why are you here? What is your purpose? And uh, so I'd been just finished, you know, a full work week. I'd been doing stuff. And I got up, um, we were doing the uh, Casa Superhero Run. Uh, in Austin the next morning. So I got up, set up on it was like at six or so. So I got up at like four, five in the morning. Yeah, it was not good. And so I'm driving in my car, you know, done up like an ecto driving to this event. And I went to go put something on to listen to. I'm like, oh, that's right. I just finished that book that I didn't really care about. And do I want to start another book? Do I want to listen to music? And it just kind of popped in my head. I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I, why am I? dressed like a ghostbuster i've done up my car i've done all this crap to prepare for this why am i doing this i should be should i be home sleeping and spending the morning with my boys and my wife or whatever and so i literally went down an existential 
rabbit hole. And I came out the other side feeling good about myself and feeling like, no, this is, I'm, this is not just me goofing off. Like this is me. Yes. I'm dressed up and as a ghostbuster, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm there taking pictures with people who have volunteered their time and their money to help kids. And I'm putting good into the world. I'm, and I've, I've had a conversation. I had a conversation with one of the other guys the other day about, uh, he, uh, he does a lot of plays and he does a lot of, uh, 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 he's done, he's done several different movies and stuff. And he's kind of thinking about pulling back from some of it and moving to some of that stuff. And anyway, I was like, so is this your last play? Cause it was, it was really grueling for him. And he's like, yeah, he said, but I, he said, when I'm not in one, I want to be in one and, and vice versa. And I'm like, well, at least, you know, if nothing else, I said, you know, I had this thought about it and I'm like, I'm at least doing good. I'm at least putting good out into the world. Even if it is just making people smile, I can still say 100%. But I mean, I can look back and see that I've helped raise over $2,000 for this charity this year that we, mm-hmm. that we work for. I'm not, I I'm having fun doing it. You know, it is work to some extent, tiring, but I'm like, I had, once I got there, I had a good time and everything, but I was just like, you know, this is, this is worth, of this is worth my time. This is worth my time and effort. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've told, you know, Christy and the boys, you know, I'm like, listen, it's going to be a little rough right now just because I've got a bunch of stuff planned right now, but, uh, you know, eventually it will lay out. And the boys have even told me, they're like, dad, I, you know, we, we want you to, you know, we know you're busy and stuff right now, but it's okay. We're doing all right or whatever. And I've had those conversations with them and, I do try to find time to sit down and just watch TV with Christy just to do whatever or whatever. But yeah, this kind of did lead me down that path of, you know, am I, have I pulled back enough Mm -hmm. and what time I have reclaimed, am I using it? Am I using it in a reasonable manner? And my answer to that was yes. Uh, I do think I have over, I definitely overbooked us these last two months. Uh, We're, we're a, uh, uh, we're, we're unfortunately uh, uh, falling prey to our success of, of getting our name out there and wanting to do events and stuff. But um, yeah, like after Halloween, I'm, I'm like, I need to kind of, I need to rest, mm-hmm. but I still have this energy that I'm sure I'm going to want to do stuff with. But as long as I'm having fun doing it and it's something that I'm interested in and I'm not just giving up my time to people who are not going to appreciate it. Um, I think I think I'm in okay. I think I'm in an okay place. I think I'm doing the right thing. Do what? EGX. I know. Um, Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Anyway, so, um, but yeah, so like I said, there there was something that was definitely beneficial that came out of reading the book. Like I said, it did kind of lead me down this existential rabbit hole for a while. And I was just like, no, I like where I came out on this. But um, yeah, like going back to my initial point, there are some things I was like, I wish it kind of would have gone into uh, some more specific stuff, but, um, anyway, I, I just wanted to throw that out there that I, I, I did get something out of the book. Uh, like I said, it, and I think talking about it with y'all has kind of made come, kind of made me come around to the idea that maybe this is more of a starter idea book than, uh, you know, here's, mm-hmm. here, here's how you can do stuff. And I, cause I would still like yeah. to read that book. I would still like to see, I mean, everyone knows about the, like we've talked about, you know, social media has become really good reels and stuff like that about, hey, maybe turn off notifications. Maybe don't worry about, you know, trying to keep up with every single thing. Maybe taking time for yourself is not a bad thing. Unsubscribe Um, from the email or the. Right. Exactly. Yes. Do the small things that can add up. Yeah. 
and and you know i i would still like to find that book and maybe read it where it's like hey here's some things not you don't have to do all of it but maybe maybe here's some thoughts on some things you could do that would kind of help out uh and then going back from completely pulling back it's funny i literally someone posted something the other day as we record this uh the world is going but you know bananas over in the yeah. east right now and someone even posted the 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 now granted it's hollywood and it is a speech from a movie so you know take it with a grain of salt but the comment at the end of uh, which one was it? i want to say it was captain america civil war uh that that um the black panther gives about now is not the time uh, to build walls now is the time to build bridges and I, I thought about that when you were talking about pulling back from everything. You don't want to pull back from everything. You can't pull back from everything. Mm-mm. You just need to, maybe we need some walls and some bridges. Like <laughs> maybe everything completely open is not good and doing everything all the time. Maybe you do need to just sit back and have that show that you just veg out on and have fun. And it doesn't have to be a book report. You don't have to read a book just because you're going to re- you know do a book report on it. You don't have to watch a show because you're going to write a review or talk about it on something. It definitely helps us because by doing the shows that we do, it gives us a reason and a mostly set time uh, to say, nope, I am scheduling this time to sit down and talk with my friends and we can talk about something that we've done or kind of gives us an idea. And then we usually wander off into the woods and talk about other things as well. So, (laughs) yeah, but anyway, I think you, you bring up a good point though. Like, um, you know, you, I, I think you've always been really good, Eugene, about like knowing when you get to the point where you're overtaxed or you're overstretched and pulling back and evaluating, okay, this has to go, this has to go. Like I remember shortly after I met you years and years ago when Geek Fest first started and you were starting to get involved and then you guys got pregnant and you were like, oh, everything stops. We're, we're focusing on this. And that was like complete you know, redirect and reevaluation of everything. And then as the boys got older, you started dipping your toe back and doing more and more and more. And next thing you know, you're back to that. Okay. This is way too much. What's yeah. gotta go, kind of thing. And I've seen that like happen with you, you know, kind of cycles or whatever. Yes, and I know yes, that it does. I know that that's like my life as well. Like I, for a long time, you know, in my, previous careers would just say yes to everything, every volunteer opportunity, every networking, every like after hours thing. Cause I just thought, well, one, somehow it'll help me Two, I'm lonely and I want to like be around people <laughs> and, and three, like I genuinely did enjoy it, but there, there did come a point where it was like, like you said, this volunteer um, position or whatever, isn't really helping people or isn't really like making me feel like it's worthy of my time. And I had to go through hard kind of pullback of, I don't want to spend my time on this and that's okay. I can, you know, do something else that makes me happier. That makes me feel like I'm actually making a difference in the world. And I, I met someone who once said like, everything you say yes to is, or everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else in your life. So mm-hmm when you give someone your time, you're taking it away from yourself. And that really stuck with me. And I try to like, keep that in mind when new things come up. I'm not always good at it, but I think I'm better than I was like 10 years ago. <laughs> when I was just the yes man to everything. And I remember oh, those points in your life. Like you, I was <laughs> like, I was like, damn, I've got, I've got kids. I've got a wife, I've got a full-time <laughs> job and I've got all this stuff and stuff. 
but Jen blows me out of the water with her. But like I remember the- you showing me your phone one time with your calendar, <laughs> and I was just like, damn. But that was the main reason I could do a lot of that, right? It's like I didn't have a family, didn't have a significant other. If I had, I might have prioritized my time differently, but since I didn't. But that's the other thing. Like people just assume that because you're single, oh, she can be the one to do this. She can mm-hmm. show up early. She can volunteer. And it's it kind of feels like it, a lot of times it's just assumed that single people, people without kids, whatever, are catch-alls because – yeah. Yeah, obviously having kids is a commitment and everything, but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but there's also, you know, don't don't just assume people's time is not taken by something. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure there's Chris that. has been <laughs> approached multiple times about well, she doesn't have a she doesn't have a job. Maybe she could be the the she could take care of this for the school or do this for the school and you're just like, Oh yeah. I uh, I have made it my mission to be a deadbeat parent. I refuse. <laughs> I absolutely refuse. I'm like, listen, I have discovered very early on, like uh, when um, after Logan turned a year, it was, are you going to go back to work? I'm like, I worked at a grocery store. So no. And all of that money would go to daycare. daycare, So no, I'm just going to stay home. Plus we're planning on having another one. So then after Quinn was born and then after he, because maternity leave here in Canada is about a year ish. um, So then that's just the natural step. You go back to work um and so when he was little it was like I did try to go back to work he was about a year and I did I lasted three weeks I was like this sucks I hate it I don't like it it's something I did before uh while I was in college so I knew it it wasn't like I was learning anything new it felt very familiar but I'm like I don't want to be here I don't want to be here my kids are too little and I don't have to be here Mm -hmm. plus my money's going to somebody else to take care of them and so I quit and that was, well, are you going to open up a daycare? I'm like, why the fuck am I going to do like, I don't want your children. No, 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 no. no. Your kids oh are God. fine with you. Please take them away. I don't like them. I like mine. I love mine. Go away with yours. And then it was um, MLMs got really big here for a good chunk mm-hmm. of time. So then you, you join one because you're like, we got a car, blah, blah, blah. And then people sell it to you. Like, it's this amazing, flexible lifestyle. And it's not. Um but yeah, just like, okay, well, you're at home, so you have all this free time. It's the free time part. And I'm like, oh, it's not free. It no. is not free. Uh, and Did I, I mention just- this house I bought that turned into a money pit that I'm Yeah, no, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just over throughout the kids' lives, trying to start something and realizing very quickly that I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. To the point now where... Because my dad will get on my kid, you need a job. I'm like, fuck you, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> um, I can't, because I've been home for so long, it's been 18 years. It'll be 18 years in December. I cannot be on somebody else's timeline. I can't have somebody tell me what to do with my own life, essentially. I'm like, no, I'm very lucky. I feel very lucky that I, you know, that Ray's got a, a great job that pays that we don't need two incomes. Now we we live accordingly. It's not like we live, you know, pretending like we have two jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because I don't work outside the home does not mean I have a crap ton. Do I have free time? Yes. But also anthropologists have discovered that the average hunter work, like hunter gatherer society, they only did about four hours of work a day. That's it. That's all they did because hmm. hunting and gathering expended a lot of energy so they needed to rest a lot of the time and yeah. then there was something else that i learned that 
um, laziness isn't a thing. That's not a thing. Laziness was invented. Uh, it's based on a puritanical myth based on the sin of idleness to force people into labor. Yeah, it sounds about right. Laziness isn't a thing. Procrastination isn't a sin. It's all made up. And that's what we were telling the kids. I'm like, it's all fucking made up and then you die. Like, do what you want. There's 8 billion people in the world. There's 8 billion ways to do this. There's no one right way. And yes, there's a lot of people doing similar things, but you don't have to do that if it doesn't fit. Just, you know what you need? Go do that. Just learn how to take care of yourself. That's it. Then, then you're successful. If you can take care of yourself, that's success to me. And that's what we've been telling the kids. It's like, yeah, cool. Do that, that. All right. That sounds awesome. If it doesn't work out, that's okay too. That's cool. Let's well, as try. long as you don't wait until Sunday evening to tell me that you can, you got a project that's due the next day. Well, then that, yeah. Out. Now you're asking that, for Yeah, but no, I, I totally got what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, like it's just the, the grind just oh, pisses yeah. me off so much. <laughs> hate it. Um, we've, we've kind of wandered off quite a bit, but I think we still have been talking about the... <laughs> The main idea that at least the book was presenting. Um, yes. So I'm just going to kind of go through here real quick because we're almost at an hour already. Um, let's just talk about the writing. I, and I, unfortunately, I didn't really care for the writing that much. And I think mm-hmm. there was a review. Actually, there were several reviews on. And I don't normally read the reviews on on Audible, but um, Sean's actually kind of gotten me started on that. He's like, he's like, maybe you should go read a review or two and just see if other people, you know, kind of think the same thing you are. And so usually I do it either halfway through the book if I don't understand what the hell's going on, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, Lincoln and the Bardo, Lincoln and the Bardo, <laughs> uh, or or if I get to the end of it and I'm just like feeling a little ambivalent, ambivalent about it or whatever. But anyway, some people posted and I was like, no, yeah, I kind of agree with it. it. It it seemed a little bit like reading an essay. It was like, here's an idea and here's the three things that I have to post behind it. And now we're going to move mm-hmm. to the next thing. And I was just, it didn't seem very, it didn't flow. It, the book did not yeah. flow to me. Uh, it was like, here's an idea and we're going to go with this. And I, there were, there were even some chapters going, I'd have to go back and look at it, but there were even some chapters. I was like, I would have moved this one here because it could have flowed better. You kind of like hard stop, new subject, hard stop, new subject. And to me, it could have flown a little flowed a little better between chapters, but what did y'all think of the writing? Um, I learned almost nothing about the author, right? Mm-hmm. Like reading, listening to this book. I learned that she's really into performance, like art performance pieces. And she's, she's very heavy into the art scene and she's passionate about that. But she quoted so many people that I just felt like I just didn't know her I knew where she stood obviously because she wrote the book but like I didn't I felt like I didn't really know her and it, it reminded me a lot of um Sarah Wilson's book where it was like it was it was a nice idea but like I I, I missed what it was supposed to be about I guess Jen I didn't really have any issues with the writing but I also listened to it like in small snippets so mm-hmm. I didn't I guess I wouldn't have noticed you know, if, like if it switched abruptly, because I wouldn't remember, <laughs> I guess, where I was before. Or you, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have remembered, mm-hmm. oh, we were here and now we're here. It's completely different. So I don't know. Nothing really stood out to me. Either yeah. um, well, I've already talked about the existential crisis that I went through kind of <laughs> as a tumble. Did the, did the book have any kind of impact on you, Jen? Uh, I mean, nothing major like that, but it just, you know kind of the ideas are in there marinating and it 
kind of makes me more conscious, I guess, of, yeah, like what I click on or whether I open that email or whatever, because yeah, everything, every minute that I'm online, I'm yeah, kind of yeah. the mercy of the, the machine. <laughs> it seems like so. Before I ask you, Chris, because you were talking about that, and what I just thought of is like, do y'all run into the thing where it's like, well, oh, I'm just going to watch a few reels, uh, TikTok, whatever. And then 20, 30, because you're like, man, I don't have enough time to watch a show. And the next thing you know, you're like, damn, I've spent 30 minutes on this. I could have watched an episode <laughs> I of the thing. Or, yeah, anyway, <laughs> I run into that. That's one of my biggest problems. Just I've managed just... to avoid TikTok so far. So. I only well, you see know what? what's it's, on Instagram or what people share with me. Oh, <laughs> uh, then you know what? You're pretty much because pretty much everything that's on TikTok ends up funneling over to Reels and everything else. So yeah. you're you're still getting it. You may it, there may just be a week delay. I don't even watch mm-hmm. Reels. I watch the I just look at the feed on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't understand anything beyond that. I'm so like such a grandma at these this stage. I'm like, if it's if it's on your story or your not your story, your main page, I'll see it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. fair enough. I don't know. Chris, did it? Did, did you did you have any impact from this? Uh, uh n- no, no. Although I did like, I did appreciate her what she had said about the the hippie movement. I did really appreciate that because I haven't heard that before um, from somebody. Um, but I, yeah, I. Uh, no, I didn't. Which I felt really bad about the entire time. I'm like, <laughs> I want to like this, and I don't. <laughs> Um, we'll wrap so up my, the discussion. Oh, go on. My last two books. This is my second one that's been a home run for the group. <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna either. I've had one, one where everybody liked it. That's it. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I feel like I'm in the same camp. Like, I've, I've yeah. thrown several out there, and several people have been like, Yeah, I kind of liked it. And yeah, a couple people were like, eh, I really wasn't my uh, thing. And she's like, Really? I thought y'all were gonna like this one. So, yeah, but yeah, no, it's that's the reason why we do the show is so mm-hmm. that you know we're expanding our horizon. So, yes, uh, we'll wrap up the discussion with it with um, um. If you could ask the author anything, what would it be? I'm I'm gonna jump in here. We can just be like, why did you stick with the name for this book? Like it, you, <laughs> you you even said like you know we mentioned this before. You even said I don't know if this is the greatest topic or title mm-hmm. for the book. I'm to me, I'm just like yeah. I think you did yourself a disservice by leaving the title for this book what it is. Yeah. Now can I? I may have come up with a different title at some point. I don't really know. If I did, I don't remember it. Um, but yeah, that, that would be my, the major thing I would ask was would be, you know, why did you stick with this title when it it doesn't seem to fit the book so well? Like I, th- I think you really kind of did yourself a disservice with mm-hmm. that. So, uh, Jen, anything, any questions you'd want to ask the author? Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe like, would you change anything now? Post pandemic. Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Any, yeah. Uh, yeah, force or hindsight, you know, that you have. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good that's question. It for now. Yeah. yeah. Chris, any questions or anything you'd want to ask the author? Um, I think I would ask her, like, what does she do? Like, how, what led her to to focus on this? And then, what does she do personally in her life, like daily, month, whatever? Um, that she finds helpful and effective. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our discussion for uh, how to do nothing. Um, 
our next couple of books now, I think we've already kind of talked to, there's going to be a little bit of shift here. The next book is Chris's book. We've done a reshuffling and redrawing. Mm-hmm. Uh, next book we're planning on for November is Chris's book. It's uh, half, a, half a soul, half a soul. By Olivia Atwater. Yep. Um, originally we were going to kick in December with, uh, uh, Sean and my books. Um, but I think we're going to push that maybe back to January. Number one, December tends to be kind of busy. And mm-hmm. if we do a show, we may end up just doing a, uh, here, what, here's what else we've been reading type yeah. of episode, uh, which we've done one of those last year. And I think that was a lot of fun. So we may end up, we yeah. may end up doing that for December. In fact, let's go ahead and kind of plan that. Uh, so pushing it back a little bit, uh, January will be Sean. He has picked uh, uh, Demon by Daniel Suarez. I convinced him to pick that book because I picked the sequel to it. So February's book will be mine, Freedom, which is the direct sequel to that book. There is some harsher, gory stuff in it. Not too much. The second book, you really need the first book to get to. Mm -hmm. But that being said, there are some ideas proposed in the second book. Jen, you would just absolutely love uh it literally is just like fuck the entire economic system we're going to do this and here's how we're going to do this using the new technologies that are available and i'm just like yeah that totally makes sense why are we making stuff when we should be shipping raw materials places and building what we need when we build it uh like they have a he kind of describes a mythical 3d printer slash cnc slash laser cutting machine that literally you just throw metal into and it will make what you need it to make. So instead of making all this crap and just having it on shelves and stuff sitting there, possibly never being used, Hey, we're going to need one of these for the new thing next week. All right, cool. I'll go ahead and set it up and get it made. And it's like, yes, let's do that. Let's not make shit and just have it eventually go to, you know, the dumpy anyway. Um, and then, um, uh, March, April and May will be Joseph, Jen and race picks. So, uh, when we find out what those are, we will let you know. So um, let's move on to what else you've been reading. Jen, you've been reading anything else? I read Hamnet a few Hamnet? weeks ago. Hamnet, which okay. is based on the life of William Shakespeare's son, Hamnet, who supposedly is, all, the name is interchangeable with Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And that is what the name for Hamlet came from, but um, it was a tearjerker. Like, you know, at the beginning he dies, like it's Mm -hmm. on the synopsis. So he, he's only 11 when he dies, but it goes through, like, it's a very thick book, but it actually, like you think, how is, how are they going to go through like this in 300 pages? But um, it goes back and forth between like what happens leading up to his death and then how the parents met. And it was really interesting because like, she never directly calls William Shakespeare by his name. She just says the father, the husband, whatever. Um, so he's kind of like a, a side character. He's not the main attraction, mm-hmm. which is, you know, weird for a story like that. But um, but yeah, very good, like very good writing, um, heartbreaking, but like great story. And they made a play out of it. I just found out it's opening on the West End. So that's interesting. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's apparently gotten like critical acclaim and all this but and I just happened to find it at a thrift store um so that was my fiction book and then historical fiction and then I'm reading an Irish Atlantic rainforest right now by a guy who bought a bunch of land um on the Barra Peninsula down in County Cork I think in Ireland and he has rewilded it and turned it back into like the native temperate rainforest it used to be and it's pretty interesting. I am trying to get him on Sustainably Geeky. So we'll nice. see if he responds. Cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. 
Chris, have you been reading anything else? Oh, yes. Uh, I just finished a book called uh, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Um, it was making the rounds on Bookstagram. And I'm like, oh, which uh, I actually think you would like it, Eugene, because um, the, the premise of the story is these two college kids developing PC games and sort of the relationships and life that happens around PC gaming development and success mm -hmm. and ideas on. So it, it's interesting. It's from... Uh, a couple points of view, and I mean, it's it's in, it, it was cool. A lot of it, some of it, I didn't understand because it's all PC gaming vernacular, and I'm like, yeah, I am coding, I guess. I don't know what that means. Um, so I, it, it's a thick book, but I, I, I liked it. it. Was a nice, it not a nice story, but it was an interesting story. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm decided because I like 2005's Pride and Prejudice that it's about time that I read it. So I'm reading it right now. Yeah, I'm really glad I watched it like half a dozen times because I'm playing the movie in my head alongside reading it just because, mm -hmm. you know, it, the book was written in the 1800s. So language is a bit different, but um, it's it's interesting. Younger me would not have read it. Younger me would have already been like boring. Yeah. Um, and then we're listening to um, the first Baba verse again. Oh, OK. Which is kind of cool because I've forgotten so much about it. So it's kind of nice to go back. Yeah. yeah. Maybe starting those up again. It's it's spooky <laughs> season right now. So I've kind of been going through some other stuff. Like I'm, I'm re going through Salem's lot, which most of y'all didn't really care for, but I still, it's still one of my favorite fucking Stephen King books anyway. Um, so I actually got to kind of a, a slump where I was not really reading anything. So I had some credits pile up. So I actually have knocked out three different things. Uh, the first one is how the force can fix the world. That's something I may eventually recommend for the show. Uh, the guy is definitely more on the, he's, he's definitely not far right, but he's definitely more, a little more conservative. Uh, that being said, he does go about it trying to be as fairly even keel as he can. And that's kind of the point of the book is that, you know, Hey, uh, problem with the Jedi was, they were way over here. The problem with the Sith is they were way over here. Maybe we should kind of be in the middle, like maybe and actually work with people and stuff like that. So, learn to compromise again. Exactly. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a good book. Um, I may eventually, you know, recommend it for this show. Um, I also read Just After Sunset by Stephen King. It was a collection of, of multiple uh, short stories. Uh, that was actually pretty good. I, I enjoyed that. And then I just recently picked up this last week and finished it like within a couple of days. Um, I was just trying to find something interesting to read and Audible recommended Ghost Stories, Stephen Fry's Definitive Collection. And it is read Ooh. by the man. And listening to Stephen Fry read Ghost Stories was freaking awesome. I mean, they are all old. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Sleepy Hollow was one of them. Um, oh, what is the other one? It's like the only other thing that, um, that uh, Bram Stoker wrote, um, like the 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 uh, the judge's house or something like that. Anyway, it was several of these different things, and I've heard about some of these stories before, but I never actually, you know, like read, read them or whatever. Uh, but having him having him read them and 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 kind of talk about it was was is just fun. It's it's Stephen Fry, you know, and, and Stephen Fry's voice uh, talking about ghost stories. So that was that was fun. Uh, so yeah, that's what else I've been I've been listening to. So well, that is our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would please give us a five star rating on Audible. Uh, I mean, well, on uh, iTunes, <laughs> Google, 
wherever you it is you listen to the show. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. sure, why not? Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, you can also find us on YouTube. We do put the show up there as well. At, uh, Epically Geeky. You can find our website, epicallygeeky.com, where you can find links to all the shows we do. We will start doing the shows again, including the Epically Geeky show, Sustainably Geeky, and uh, Creatively Geeky show. Um, and then you can find us on the social media stuff. I've gotten better about posting when we have a new episode up uh, on uh, at least Instagram and Facebook. X is pretty much just a wasteland at this point. So I'm really, I'm really waiting for them to say, hey, it's going to be, even if it's a dollar, if it's a dollar a year, I'm like, nope, we're out. We're done. <laughs> yeah. uh, but since it's free, still, I'm just like, yeah, I guess I'll post. I'll anyway, uh, where can we find you online, Jen? Uh, you could find me occasionally, very occasionally here and on Epically Geeky and then on Sustainably Geeky, the show that I host about the environment and all things sustainable. And we did just drop a new episode a few weeks ago after a three month break for the summer, unintended, but <laughs> there you are. So, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully be back monthly Good deal. starting last month. <laughs> Chris. On Instagram at Moody Midlife. And you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimachine on Facebook, Instagram, and whatever, the other thing. So anyway, for everyone on this site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 